right, real estate. Let's talk about real estate. Everybody want to be like, real estate market going to crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are definitely bubbles. Right? Everything, there's bubbles. Like, there was the, even with the cryptocurrency space, there have been a lot of the, like, the, I, the, ICO, the ICO raves, the crypto kitty rave. I mean, I don't want to say NFT is a bubble because I can definitely see the uh, use case for, uh, I think, l- l- let me clarify. I think there's a use case for non-fungible tokens in general, but I think NFT art specifically is definitely giving me bubble vibes. Like there are red pixel sold for close to $900,000 this me, past week. A red pixel. I'm literally theory. talking... I'm me, talking, <laughs> I'm talking just a red pixel. Yeah. So all I'm saying is, hold on, before, but I don't want us to go, I don't want us to go into NFT. Let's not do that. Let's talk about real estate. Yeah. All I'm saying is that in my opinion, I definitely think like, you know, people need to understand with everything, there are bubble markets. So I say that to say like, you know, when you bring up the reference of like New York real estate market about to explode or implode, California, I would agree with you though. Those are very highly inflated bubble markets within the real estate space. But to say in general, the entire real estate market is a bubble market yeah. about to explode. I'm like, you're in for a rude awakening because real estate is really here to stay. But anyways, go ahead, Joe. What you, what you trying to say, bro? I have a theory, right, on this NFT thing. It's mm-hmm. basically, if you follow arts, any art market and like give a painter, like one of these guys, Basquiat, or like there's a painting, right? Yeah. What they do to increase the value is like this insiders basically pump money into it. And that's why I think they do with this bleep thing or um, this guy, um, Jack. Beeple. Yeah, Beeple, or this guy, or what's his name? Twitter CEO, Jack. Jack Dorsey. Yeah, I think Jack like, Dorsey. it's just this insiders and guys with money just pumping money to like get people like gend up for, you get what I'm saying? Or like them Logan Pauls or yeah. like the influencer, like just pumping money into yeah. to get people riled up and stuff like Because there's no reason why you should sell a red pixel for... You get what I'm saying? It was speaking to him, bro. Like it was speaking to him. <laughs> no, but right, let's talk about real estate. Let's talk about real estate. Why I think real estate? I think real estate is single-handedly cryptocurrency will definitely overtake in the sense that I think cryptocurrency now, in my opinion, is the best way for us millennials or Gen Zs to grow wealth. But I think next would definitely be real estate. I think real estate is one of the because of when you look at the traditional, now granted, I know the finance system, there is a space in cryptocurrency that wants to address that and revitalize that. But the finance mm-hmm. system as is, I feel like it's not going to just go anywhere anytime soon. Like we talk about old money here, people with old money, who doesn't yeah. want that to just disappear? And when it boils down to it, let's get away from the digital aspect of things in the digital world. Because when it comes to the real world, like real assets are valuable. And I think that crypto real estate is one of the, best ways to grow wealth. I've grown a significant portion of my net worth just buying and holding real estate and just looking at equity grow in real estate mm-hmm. from either people paying off my equity, leveraging that, and also just pure property appreciation and different ways to play it. There is the flip to grow equity. So brewer, that's the buy, rehab, yeah. rent, refinance, repeat. Yeah. There is the buy to hold where you buy there's um um there is um, cash flowing, house hacking, path splitting, and you know I love the perks that comes with real estate. I could leverage, I could go now and pull out equity for my properties, for ten thirty one exchange. I could grant it. I have to use a ten thirty one exchange to buy another primary residence, but I can technically do that. I can grow equity in all of, in a, a majority of my properties. I can either pull out the equity via selling or refinancing. 
use that equity to purchase a new primary residence for me. And that's going to be using just money I've grown from other rental properties, which is other people paying it down and property appreciation. So I've gotten a whole property without spending any of my personal dollars. I've talked about this on my Twitter, how to get or leverage equity to buy your property cash without spending your personal dollars. I can also like, um, let's talk about even the tax benefits. We can talk about when I will rent a property, is that depreciation? It's crazy. Like I could make yeah. profit. This is the thing, I did the thing. It doesn't affect, depreciation does not affect your, so, mm-hmm. okay. Let me tell you something about real estate people don't realize. If I have a business on my schedule E, if I have a loss, like I'm making a loss, that affects my adjusted gross, that affects, they, they, if I'm making a loss, that affects my adjusted gross income for sure. Like when, when they, they, what underwriters, like if I want to get qualified either for a business loan or for even for a new property, if I'm doing another business that I'm doing, like say I'm doing shipping and I'm having a loss, that would reduce my chances of getting qualified because it's like it, is, it affects my overall income. When it, when it determines my overall income available for my debt to income ratio, that affects it. With depreciation, rental property depreciation, and it just happened recently with any property I'm buying. Obviously you disclose your rental property depreciation in Schedule E. It, it's a loss because it's you're claiming depreciation on the property. But when it goes to the underwriters for a new property and they see that that is depreciation, because depreciation is a separate item under the Schedule E, they don't mm. count it. So basically mm. that means to say, I'm claiming a loss, which helps my taxes and makes me get way more taxes back from the government, but it doesn't affect me in reality to get qualified for a new loan, whether it's for a rental property or another business, because when the underwriters, compared to other losses, the underwriters look at that as not actual. So it's not a physical loss, not an actual loss, because the way it works is it's a loss you claim for tax purposes, but it's not a loss that it affects my money. So for instance, if I make $20,000 profit for the year 2020, yeah. but I'm claiming $30,000 depreciation for all my rental properties, that would put me at a net loss of 30 minus 12, which is a net loss of $18,000. And that is huge in terms of how much tax back I can get. But when it goes back to the underwriters, if you want to get approved for a new loan for a rental property, they will mm-hmm. not look at 2020 as a net loss of $18,000. They'll look at it as a profit of $12,000 I made on my rental properties because they're not, yeah. not going to count depreciation. Okay. Y'all see that? Yeah, yeah that's crazy. That is, that is what rich people have been doing for a minute in terms of getting crazy tax benefits but not suffering the repercussions of those claiming losses compared to other businesses. And I tell people all the time, like, yo, when you really dive into real estate and mm. see just the beauty of it and how you can leverage the equity and how it plays to your favor. Yeah. Bro, it's insane. Yeah. yeah, that's that's amazing. And I, yeah, there's so much to go into. Like, we need to talk on like a different, you get what I'm saying? Like, just privately, you tell us some stuff. But, like, you see all these guys on social media, right, um, mm-hmm. talking about my problem is the barrier to entry. You get what I'm saying? And all these guys yes. marketing on social media, you don't need credit, do this, no down. You get what I'm trying? You know all those things I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how feasible is that? Because I always look at it like, yo, anything that seems that easy is, like, a fraud to me. Like, so- you get what I'm saying? With rates being historically low in 2020, probably you're seeing a lot of people come out is because 
there has been a lot of um, FHA now with an FHA loan and interest rates being so low. I think you only need $600, um, 600, oh. that's $600, my bad. 600 credit oh, score. Oh, so scared. <laughs> so so six, six, $600 credit score to even like, um, 600 credit score to even like get like approved for certain FHA loans. Of course, FHA okay. is, has more. And also FHA also, I think their DTI debt to income ratio is 48% now. So meaning that provided that you have your inc- your debt is not more than we can go in, and I talk about debt to income ratio on my Patreon, but long story simply put, provided that your debt, your recurring debt monthly is not more than mm. 48% of your income, you're even mm. likely to get approved. And that's crazy. That like, you know, when you think that's about that, that's crazy. That's to say you can have that so like you know of course it's, it's not still as lax 48 percent dti ratio that's 48 provided that your debt your debt is not more than 48 percent. yeah so there's called front end and back end dti ratios you can google them but i think the, um I, i'm mixing them up now because it's been a while since i've consulted on this but the back end i think is the one that it's all encompassing that's mm. say housing related versus also non-housing related so the back end which is everything is 48 yeah that's the number so i think for conventional is more like 32 35 if i remember correctly is yeah. in the 30s range and, and yeah, fha right. is in the 40s range so so yeah i mean dude that's insane and also there are different programs there's first time home buyer programs i know chicago has one and i was consulting with the page a patron basically where provided you live in that primary residence for at least five years zero down mm-hmm. zero down he bought a he bought a duplex that way zero down payment so this was something that was typically reserved for veterans because veteran va loans are zero percent down but now the different cities are coming up with different programs historically low rates where you have zero down so you see people like someone in chicago saying oh you don't need any money they're probably referring to some of those first-time home buyer programs yeah. and of course the the georgia has one where if you're in a rural area and they have they've they have what they consider rural areas. It's not, it's trust me, man. It's 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 not near Atlanta, it's pretty far. But rural areas, you can get with the USDA Department of Agriculture, you can get yeah. zero down. The other first time home buyer programs, uh, I've gotten what they called them. Oh shoot, I forgot. There's one again here in Georgia. Um, let me see if I can look it up. That is also zero down, right? So like when you when you consider all that is said and done, there is a lot of things that are coming up um, that is supposed to help you, like get some of these properties without much down payment at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have a quick question actually, because this is something I've been worried. I'm focusing on, right? So let's say mm-hmm. I get my first property, I do it with my FHA loan. I've lived there for one year. Now it's like, yes, I'm about to move to somewhere else. How do Mm -hmm. I, at this point, it's my primary residence, but I'm now leaving to get another property. How do I tell the society, basically? Because, you know, like, you need to keep documentation. How do I tell the society that this is now a rental property so I can now take my deductions on, you know, depreciation, blah, blah, blah? Because I don't know, like, I, I don't personally no but like if it's my primary residence i don't think i can like claim that depreciation right so great question um if you're a house hacking you can but consult i'm not a cpa so let me just say that um consult with your cpa and get details all i'll say is if you're a house hacking 
you need to obviously report the income that you're making from house hacking. So house hacking means it's your primary residence, you're living, let's say in the master's bedroom and you're renting out other rooms. You need to report the income you're making from house hacking to show that you're making rental income. So that's the first thing yeah. to establish that even with your primary residence, you're making rental income, that's okay. But then you cannot claim depreciation on the entire property because the entire property is not a rental property, but there, yeah. you consult with a CPA to get the percentage of your property that you can consider a rental property. And then you multiply that by the amount that you would have, the total depreciation amount. And so you get a percentage of the total depreciation amount that you can claim a rental property depreciation. And best okay. part about that is when you do upgrades to your primary residence, like um, add a fence to your backyard, which is something I did for <laughs> my primary residence, you can claim a portion of that as rental property expenses. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Um, so for someone that wants to get into real estate, right, we've talked about like the strategies a little bit and we've talked about flipping, house hacking, um, the Burr method and stuff like that. What would you, not like advice, but what do you think is like the, like what's the route? Like, cause some guys are always focused on- Airbnb! <laughs> <laughs> some guys yeah, always focus like on like- Airbnb, man. Increase your portfolio quickly. Any, nah, 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 nah. See, this is the thing. I'm a very long-term type of guy. So that again, like everybody, even my, my trading strategy, people even knows I don't, my trading strategy, I always tell people all the time, focus on your long-term growth. Because every time mm. all the time, like if it knows, like there's a way I structure my portfolio, my, my short-term portfolio is a very small percentage of my overall portfolio because I'm focused on long-term investing. And I always say my short-term portfolio's goal is to always fund my long-term portfolio. So I treat yeah. the same in real estate. I'm a very long-term guy. I scale, I believe in scaling, but scale wisely so that you're not over leveraged. A lot of right, reason why people blow up and they lose a lot of money or get burned out of the real estate game quickly is because they scale too quickly and they're yeah. not, they were too over leveraged. I want to scale in the sense that I'm growing my real estate portfolio. I'm also growing my loans because I'm taking loans to buy these rental properties. And so obviously I know I'm growing my debt, but obviously these properties are worth more than the loans I'm collecting. So I'm net positive. But at the same time, I don't want to be too over leveraged with the loans I'm collecting compared to my other sources of income. And so you want to make sure that you're scaling effectively and scaling wisely. But at the same mm. time, I want to also make sure I'm, I'm very picky with my picks. Like I'm very super picky. I don't believe in just buying a property because I want to add more doors or like pop my chest up. I got a thousand doors. That's, nah, fuck that's, that. that's, like, most, that's mostly what it is out here, you know, right? Nah, I'm not about that. Because see, and I said this on Twitter. I told you said this. I know somebody, I'm not going to say his name on YouTube. He's got 120 doors. One time he was, trying, and I was so surprised, he was transferring his portfolio. And I saw yeah. with those 120 doors, he's making $16,000, $17,000 a month cash flow. What? So that's it. When all expenses are done. No, but you know, you know, but the thing is, the thing is, the thing is, so 16000 divided by 120 So he's cash flowing $133 per door. And I've come to realize in the long-term rental game, that is pretty normal. Hmm. That's normal. You can see people with 200 doors and they're cash flowing 40 grand a month. And so that is um, $200 per door, right? And I've seen that's pretty normal. And, you know, I'm not to brag, but I'm like, okay, I'm doing pretty good because it's like I have three properties now, yeah. right? Let, let's just say two because they're the one I own with my brothers. But I'll just say I have two properties that I own individually in Charlotte, right? So let's just ignore the third that I really cash flow. 
And with my two properties, so granted, one, I rent the entire house. I don't have rent per bedrooms. But with those two properties alone, so quote unquote, two doors, I am cash flowing on average at least $8,000 a month. Wow. So let's just say 4,000 per property, Airbnb. Wow. And so my thing both, is- Both is Airbnb or? Both of them is Airbnb, yeah. So my wow. thing is, my thing is, Okay, if I'm very picky with my picks as I am, what it boils down to is not the pride of how many doors, it's how much you're making. Back. And if I'm making more bread, you I'm should. straight. Yeah, I'm good. good. Yeah, yeah, I got you know? I got two questions for you. Two questions. So yeah. the first question, I mean the, the second question is the first question I had like earlier. Well, I'll get to that last, right? Actually, three questions. I have one final <laughs> question. All right. So we go we go we go. Let's let's wrap no, it up in ten minutes because we go over time. Yeah, quick question. I right, go ahead. Go ahead, right, go ahead. You said you're you're picky when it comes to choosing your property, but like many people don't have that um that opportunity or that choice, right? Like for instance, I'm trying to get my first property, right? And they gave me like so I just graduated from college, right? And they're like, okay, based on this, based on your work history, we're giving you this cap amount, and I'm like, okay, wow. Now I'm looking. How much they Georgia. give you a cap of mile? Tell me some numbers. Tell me something. How much they give you a cap of mile? Two hundred. Two hundred K is how much they capped you at. Okay. So I'm like, wow, I really can't find anything in Georgia or Atlanta, the Atlanta, you know, metro Atlanta area for two hundred. You can. Okay. I told you what I'm rooms? buying, right? Yeah. The one, the one I sent you is three bedrooms. It's a, it's 189 three bedrooms. I sent you that. Oh, you did send me that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. See, I'm there we go. That. So that's an example. You gotta you gotta play according to your cut. Like, and that's a nice one to start with. That's a nice first property. My advice for people getting in is get and also this is a thing, if once you start making your income as your full-time and you show your full-time income they would easily pre-approve you for more. That's something to keep in mind. So yeah. once you have that full-time offer, mm-hmm. you get pre So Ife right now is, he's graduated. He's got like a, what, how many months internship, Ife, was it? It's four months. And then when I get the full-time, because I know I'm going to get the full-time, that'll start in January. Okay, the point is, once you get that full-time, you get pre-approved for more because you just want to see that you have a fixed income and that's how they do your DTI ratio. That said, mm-hmm. obviously, you, my recommendation is you buy your first property as a primary residence, so buying as a rental versus primary, as a rental, you have to do at least 20, 25% down payment. You'd be lucky if you get away with 15%. As a primary residence with FHA loans, we spoke about, you can get as low as 3% down wow. payments. So you can do yeah. less down payment when you buy as a primary. And house hack, house hack the hell out of that. House hack, rent per bedrooms. When I first started house hacking, my very first property, I was making, it was a five bedrooms. I got it for $235,000. Um, it was a five bedrooms. I took the massive bedroom. I went big. I, my goal was to, I'm not one of these people that are like, no, I'm like, how can I get the most rooms or doors? When I say doors, now I'm talking about rooms for the cheapest price. That is still a good appreciating market. And when I say I'm picky, I'm picky about the market. So these are the markets, in my opinion, that are the best real estate markets now in the country. Charlotte, North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina, Nashville, Tennessee, um, Dallas, Texas, Houston, Texas, Austin, Texas, Atlanta, Georgia, and um, this one has come to mind, but it's skipping my mind. When I remember, I'll let you know. Those are examples of some markets that if I want to buy, so like the next property I want to buy the multifamily three, four years from now is in Dallas, Texas. So like the point I'm trying to make is like, I'm very picky about where I go because I want to capture appreciation. But again, house hack, I was making close to 800 to to $1,000 per private bedroom when I was house hacking. 
Wow. So yeah, and I I even go on my Twitter. I posted again like two people who I'm mentoring. They're doing the exact same thing, and I showed how much they made off each private bedroom. One made nine fifty, the other made nine eighty. I don't want to make one K, I don't want to make 835. So this thing happens. I have a strategy for this. And imagine if you have a five bedrooms, you're renting. Again, there's the uncomfort where you have to realize that, okay, you might want your private space, but at the same time, you're making $4,000 of the other four bedrooms you're renting. Mm-hmm. So before I know it, within a year, I had enough money to go buy another property as a rental, right? And so yeah. you, scale, you scale effectively. That's my recommendation. And Airbnb, Airbnb is the, the right strategy. With right strategy, you can make it consistent and you can make bread. So, to, if I Yo. answer your question, I'll say cut play according to your cut. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Yo, all I'm gonna say is to everybody listening, yo, OC is giving you some game right here. You feel me? Free gems. If, free you, gems. if you want the real sauce, you get what I'm saying. You gotta subscribe to that patron. Get right. You get what I'm saying. We're gonna put the link to the description, the link in the description, and all that stuff. Get on the Patreon. He's always talking about this stuff, Bitcoin, real estate. Yes, sir. So my, my second question now, right? So Yeah, this got to be the last question, bro, because we're coming up no, for 15 there, minutes. There, 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 there's a third we hit question, the 15 minute mark. just a quick answer. So the right, bro, so is, yeah, let's roll with your two questions. Let's call it a day, bro. We live in a capitalist society, but we have, you know, yep. social issues. So people yeah. believe that. People having more than one house, more than one property is bad for the economy, bad for social welfare. What do you say to those people? Yeah, I sympathize with that because in my heart of hearts, I believe that I am a socialist. I believe that everyone deserves certain fundamental. It's crazy. People people are always surprised when I say that. And I always talk about time. In my heart of hearts, I believe that really that um, I believe everyone deserves very fundamental rights, which includes housing, food and education. I believe nobody should be homeless. So I can sympathize with that. It's definitely an inefficient system. But this might also sound very insensitive. But what I'll say to that is for a small player like me, I'm not no George Soros or Jeff Bezos or um, Warren Buffet who has, who's, runs the system. For a small player like me, don't hate the player, hate the game. Big fact, Because I, I will, I'm in a capitalist. So I can sit down and be like, oh, I don't want to participate and then not provide. By the end of the day, I understand this is the system that I'm in, um, so I will play the game. Okay. But do I believe that everyone deserves fundamental human rights like, like feeding, housing, and uh, clothing? Yeah, I do. I, education, I do. Yeah. So in that sense, I am. I do sympathize with that. And but I even believe like in you know, the idea that you can't even own rental properties in the socialist system. I don't think that's proper. But I think that can, there certainly can be certain measures to make sure that housing remains affordable. So yeah. definitely. Yeah. Like, and for instance, my- imagine, imagine if Section 8 was more efficient. Like, imagine a situation where Section 8, where the government pays for a portion, but it's more efficient. And there's also the assur- insurance, sort of similar to Airbnb, where if a tenant leaves and they wreck your property, the government will cover the cost mm-hmm. to fix it. Like, anyways, let's not, that's, that's a whole separate episode, but yeah. I, I, can sympathize, I can sympathize with that. Yeah, that's what I'll say to that. And then my All final right. question for you is, okay, this is not financial advice. Disclaimer, we are not giving financial advice, right? Yeah. Let's say new time investor, he has $5,000. Cryptocurrency or real estate? Which one are you choosing? Oh. Real estate, bro. Real estate. <laughs> this is what I would do. 
I would buy, it's 5,000, first of all, unless you're doing the first time home buyer program, I'll say when you have $5,000, you may not have enough really to do anything. Cause I mean, well, you, you could, hold on, let's say 5,000 divided by 0.3. So I'm gonna say 5,000 divided by 0 0.0005 first. So that's 100,000. So yeah, with 5,000, you can't do much because I mean, we're doing like, if we do 3% down payments, that's $167,000, but you're forgetting closing costs and everything. So I'll say really 5,000 can afford you a $120,000 home at best. Yeah, and there are many $1,400 closing costs, but how good of a home can you find that is worth $120,000? So depending on where you are. So I'll say $5,000 is not enough. So definitely you probably just wanna invest that and grow your equity. Let's do a more realistic number, right? Let's do something more like $20,000. Okay, which is something that you see a lot more people. This is my financial advice, but if I had 20K and I'm doing something similar because I'm about to close in a home, but I already have the cash handy. But if I had 20K and but I'm already, and I'm already invested in crypto, so I don't necessarily need to pick one over the other. I'm just going to use the money to put towards a down payment. But if I only that was the only money I had, I had never invested in crypto and I wanted to get exposure to both. It's not financial advice, but the smartest thing to do would be to get Bitcoin, Ether, whatever you want to get. Um, or Maker DAO, dope point. These are all lending, and send send your cryptocurrency to BlockFi, Maker DAO, all these lending platforms, and you leverage them to collect US dollars. It's as simple as that. So I have my Bitcoin, I have the twenty thousand dollars worth in Bitcoin. I've given to BlockFi. It's recorded and understood that I have twenty thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. BlockFi. The interest rate will be on the twenty thousand dollars I get will be six percent. I use that to pay my down payment and start a rental property. I house hack. Imagine if I get like a, so $20,000 you can get easily. Now we're talking more better numbers. A primary residence, you get like a $250,000, $300,000 home because with $300,000 home, the down payment will be, provided you approve, the $300,000 home, if you're doing only 3% down, down payment, down payment will be, I believe $9,000. And then you have like maybe you can even do yeah so you can even do more than you can technically you can do even like a five percent down yeah so five percent down on a three hundred thousand dollar home is fifteen grand and then you have five thousand dollars for closing costs so twenty thousand dollars you have a three hundred thousand dollar home in Atlanta a three hundred thousand dollar home could easily get you four or five bedrooms um you have a four or five bedrooms you rent the masters you have occupied the master's bedroom you rent the other four bedrooms you house hack kids. You get um, $3,000 cash flow potentially, and you can pay off your loan to BlockFi within the first eight, nine months. Once you pay that off, there are many money you keep cash flowing to pay down equity and pay your mortgage as so you live mortgage free. And then once you pay off your loan from BlockFi, you can have your Bitcoin back and you can start dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies you want. That way you've gotten your exposure to Bitcoin you, your Bitcoin appreciated throughout the year um, and you didn't miss out on that. And you also have the rental property that you got because you leveraged your Bitcoin to collect a loan from a lending platform like BlockFi. Not financial advice, do your due diligence, but boom, that's what I would do. Free gems. Yo, that's free, that's game. free, free game right there, bro. That's fire. That's fire, yeah. man. Good combo, guys. Right, man. Yeah, we need a part two yeah, yeah. on for individual Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is I, good. Yeah, this is fire, man. I like, I like this. This is a lot of information. I like this. Yeah, before yeah, we yeah. go, um, I have an announcement. Me and Ifed just started a new brand. Um, for all our wine lovers, 
Everybody got started drinking wine because of COVID. The new guys, you feel me? <laughs> we started MeladiWines.com. Um, okay. we sell out, we sell wine accessories. We know like lots of guys who make wrong choices this year, drink from the wrong from the <laughs> wrong glass. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but don't yeah. say we didn't tell you. You feel me? Go to MeladiWines.com. M-E-L-O-T-T-E wines.com and just check what we have, you know. Say one more time, bro. MeladiWines.com. MeladiWines.com. We'll put it in the description. You feel me? So, yes, sir. yeah, check it out. Yeah, for everybody. All right. That's said. This is a great convo with real estate and crypto. Let's let's not call it real estate versus crypto. Let's say real estate and crypto, and crypto or, or you know what we talked about crypto first so let's say crypto and crypto real estate and real estate yeah <laughs> and we love it and you know i love the last question ifeb because you asked the question of how we can put it together and that's mm-hmm. the way you can do both and leverage it together so with that signing out peace y'all yeah. see y'all next see everybody week.